0: Thank you for listening to Overcomer's Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the word of God. So I have been on this journey with the Lord, um, well, I mean my whole life, but over the last, I'd say, year and a half, the Lord has really been just speaking deeply revelation to me about my identity, who I am in him. Um, And then he has been talking to me about in that place of knowing who I am in him, what does he want me to do with that? How does he take me from that place into this place of destiny and fulfillment? And so I've been spending time with the Lord and he's been revealing things to me about um, spheres of influence that we have. And um, that is broad, actually. So. Uh, there's a man by the name of Lance Wall now, I'm not going to go into all that, but if you haven't heard of him, he does this um, he uses like a vehicle of the seven mountains message, and it's talking about all these areas of culture that we have influence in, and so if you look at it kind of like a vehicle, and there's all these places, it's business and media and arts and entertainment and the finance world, Um, the church is part of that, and so he presents this idea and says that actually, um, the church has left everybody kind of in an identity crisis because we all tend to think that if we're um, ministers of the word, that's just talking about people who vocationally do that, a pastor, um, a missionary, a worship leader, and that it's up to those people to do it. And so the Lord has just been deep downloading to me this message that in all of these places of culture that we you and I, we are supposed to go and climb all the way up to those places in culture. we He's made us that way. If you actually go into Matthew 28 and look at the Great Commission, go read that again. And go read it with these eyes wide open, saying to the Lord, Ooh, Father, this this is me. I see myself in this place being a minister of the word in all. All of these avenues. We all have all kinds of different people that we can influence in our life. You guys go places. I do not go. And vice versa. I probably have four different places. I'm thinking about different hospitals I work in and stuff. I'm a nurse by trade. Um, It's not who I am. It's something the Lord uses. (laughs) There's a very big difference here. Yes, yes. Because we're going to talk about identity, who we are, we're the same. We're the same. We're his child. We are loved deeply by him. And he uses things in our life, talents, things that he's gifted in us to go out for his sake, go out into the kingdom of God and affect change wherever it is that we go. So that was just my intro. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. So actually, I'm going to flip over to um, this place that we want to rise into influence, but we have to have knowledge of our identity. So flip over to Matthew 16:19. Let me see what time it is. I'll try to keep track of that, guys. Matthew 16:19. So here's a piece of your identity. Matthew 16, 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is powerful to think about it. I literally was thinking about um, all of these keys. I've gone to this place right here at church. There's so many keys (laughs) to so many doors (laughs) that I actually kept setting them down. And so I got this thing, this lanyard thing, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear this lanyard because I'm gonna keep these keys close to me. So every time I walk up to a door, they're right here, and I pop it in, unlock it, and go in. So the Lord gave me this picture today that I didn't. I, d- I had spent time about what He wanted me to share, and just today He started giving me some pieces about keys to the kingdom of heaven. And so he has given them to us. So I'm going to read that again. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have been given the keys because of what Jesus did. So sin came into earth. It all got all messed up. I'm going to take these off because I think it messed up my mic. It all got messed up. But Jesus came back and he paid the price. And the keys were then returned to us. Yes? Yes? Like, that is, that is part of our identity, that we need to know that whatever sphere of influence we go into, that we walk in, full knowledge of the keys to the kingdom of God, we walk in. I was so glad that you guys were going to be in here tonight, because I've been studying. The youth are in here. I'm recording, so for sake of recording. So the youth are in here tonight, and they're not always in with us on a Wednesday night, um, and I, I've been studying about younger people and and Joseph. And you know, Joseph was like 17 when the Lord gave him a dream about his family. And then at like 30, he saw it come to pass. Just that piece from 17 to 30. But it started with his heart like before the Lord. So anyway, get off on a rabbit trail, but I'm glad that you guys are in here tonight. So we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven and it is up to us to know that identity And it's up to us to take them and use them. We are supposed to do that. The Lord's given us everything that we need to do that. But we have to keep our mind renewed in that place. We have to literally keep them close. And just like we were saying a little bit ago, just sitting and soaking in that presence of the Lord. Sometimes we try to, like, figure it all out. And we think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and I'm going to do that, and this is going to make this piece fit into here, and then it's all going to work out. It's all going to be good. That's that's when I know that I've arrived, and everything's taken care of, and we're good. But, yeah, right? So it's like we try to do it. I'm, I'm a planner by nature, and I run real fast. That's just how I work. And so it's okay to have, like, planning in your life, but so be open all the time for the Lord to say, tune in. <laughs> Tune in because, kid, I got something right here. Don't miss this thing I've got for you specifically today. Don't miss the person that's walking through the door right now. You don't know everything that's going on with them, and I'm about to give you a word for them, and it's going to affect everything that goes on in their life. We cannot be so tuned into our plans, which, again, they're good. I'm a planner, but we cannot be so driven by them that we miss just soaking in the presence of the Lord. We've got to go to that place with him. And that, it's our, our identity. It's what he wants from us. He is a jealous God. We, you mentioned about the one true God, and I'm going to get into talking about Daniel. And um, in the story of Daniel, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was building the statue. And I was going to that place when we were worshiping, and I was like, yeah, Lord, no, you are the one true God. You have said, you're not going to worship anyone else, my kid. Because I am what you need. I got, I got the goods. I got the full package. And he's so faithful to deliver all the time. So I'm going to talk about um, the idea when you go in to unlock doors with the kingdom of heaven, of, of the kingdom of heaven, wherever we go in spheres of influence, there's a couple ways to do that. So you could do it covertly. So you guys know what it means to be covert sly, like not sly in a bad way, but just like, I'm just going to come on in there and I'm not really going to hit the point that I'm going to really want to drive home with you, but I'm just going to come in and I have things on my mind that the Lord is revealing to me for the places I'm going to go, but I'm going to be sensitive and I'm going to listen to how the Lord's going to have me unveil those things wherever wherever I'm influencing people. So covertly is like, I'm just kind of coming in, taking it easy. Overtly is right now. <laughs> this is overt, okay? So like we all came in here with the intention of soaking in the presence of God, of spending time in the word, of encouraging and building each other up. So there's two, two very different things that go on in our life. And it's important that we know these couple of different things and realize that the Lord works in this. So covert and overt. So I want to talk about what excellence actually looks like um, covertly, a little bit. So, I've been reading this book uh, by Andrew Womack called Excellence. So, I just wanted to bring it and show it to you. It's a great, powerful thing to get a hold of. Um, I think excellence, that word, is covert because the world uses that term, excellence. And so, we actually can use the term excellence but we should do it and define it according to the word of god have you guys noticed that there's character traits that people out in the world in workplaces just good quality things that people should instill in what's going on people will do that and employers will do that and we'll see vision statements and um, value statements going up for places so the world understands that idea and so we do too so We want to do it according to the word of God and what he says about excellence. So I feel like this is like one piece to talk about excellence. One key, actually, that I believe can totally affect you guys and the Lord's ability to take you from one spot to another by acting in excellence. And sometimes we don't think about it. Maybe we didn't grow up with it. Maybe we never had an example of excellence. And sometimes you just don't know what you just don't know. I mean, the last few months I've been on this journey with the Lord and I have literally heard it come out of my mouth several times. I never saw that before. (laughs) Like sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. So make a choice right now in your mind that what I'm about to tell you about what the Lord has shown me about excellence, that it is with zero condemnation, that is in a place of just receiving what the Lord wants to take and open your eyes up to from scripture to help promote you to places in life. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that's his heart, right? That's how he deals with us, like in a good and loving way. That he always is like, hey my kid, hey my kid, come on, come in this journey with me. And I'm there with you. I had a dream a couple weeks ago that I won't get into, but I was remodeling a bathroom. And laugh now until you start figuring out what remodeling a bathroom means. So it's a place of cleansing, and there was work going on in that place. So it was good, <laughs> but I was right there going, all right, Lord, remodel my bathroom. <laughs> Let's go on this journey. So, so I'm right there with you with this. So i want to define excellence according to uh, Webster Dictionary. So Webster says, it was actually, I felt like kind of vague, because they were just redefining the word. They said the quality of being excellent. Okay, the word is excellence. (laughs) An excellent or valuable quality. I still don't know what it is. It's excellent, okay, it's excellent, valuable. They get into something a little bit deeper, because then they directed me to places like virtue and morality. And I thought, I'm not tracing that rabbit trail. (laughs) But I see what's happening here, though. So they were saying, we recognize this is a word. It's a good word. We like to throw it around and say, excellent job, kiddo. Good job on the test. Way to... Show up and do excellent quality work. So we kind of fill in the blanks on what we actually think that this word means. But the Lord has actually given some really great descriptors for us in the word about what it means. So based on that, I will tell you that your pastor has studied and implemented core values in this body. If you don't know what they are, when you walk out of the doors... Look to the hall on the left-hand side, and you'll see our vision statement, our mission statement, and you'll see core values. And I will tell you, because I was, I was there, sitting at a table with him, Mary was there, sitting at a table with him, and weeks went by where we would discuss, and he would say, love. This is what love is. This is what love is according to the word of God. And then he'd move on, and he would say, this is mercy. Mercy. Not as the world defines mercy. This is mercy according to the word of God. Trust. Not as the world defines trust, but this is trust according to the word of God. So we got to excellence. And he said, I I was like, I don't even know where to go with this, with you, with excellence. So he did it. He did it, and I will tell you, not only did it come out into like a beautiful statement for us, which was just like revelation about what the Lord was saying to him about what this word really means, um, I've heard it now taught. (laughs) And I was like, hit the nail on the head there, Pastor Kento. It was good stuff, but that's what happens when we go and soak and spend time with the Lord and spend time in the Word. So here's what we have written down for excellence. I will do the best I can In every situation constantly breaking the barrier of mediocrity I'm gonna say it again I will do the best I can in every situation constantly breaking the barrier of mediocrity so the best that I can in every situation constantly driving past this is good enough this is good. This is, it's okay. Like, I did what I said I was going to do. This is good enough. That's kind of what mediocrity looks like. Like, I said I would clean up my room, and I showed everything under the bed. Looks clean. <laughs> I mean, does it pass the test, <laughs> you know? So, But I'm being, like, really for real. So you guys could kind of, kind of imagine what this looks like to live in mediocrity, where you go, it's enough to get by. I think I'm going to hang out right there. But is it the Lord's desire for us? And does promotion come in your life because of it? So would everybody in here say, I want to grow? Is this a given? Yes. Would everybody say, I want to have influence in other people's life wherever I go? Yes. So all of us would say, yes, we want to do those things. But sometimes we're like, I don't know how to get what the Lord is doing on the inside of me out to other people. What are the steps in between? Like, how do I covertly, because for a whole lot of us, it will be covert. And I'll tell you about 50% of what Jesus taught and goes on in the Bible actually very much can covertly be done. I spend a lot of time talking to people and living out character traits in a workplace. And then people invite me to a table and then they have the discussion and say, what drives you? Oh, overt time. I say, I'll tell you what drives me. <laughs> I will tell you what drives me. I will tell you who the driver is. And it's, it's a fun, good discussion because you know what happens is when we go and we make this choice to say, Father, I want to do what I do in my life with excellence, it makes people look at us and go, I feel like I have a problem and I feel like you might have the solution. Because I've been watching what you've been doing. I've been watching how you talk to people. I've been watching how you interact with people. I've been watching, they don't use the word supernaturally, but we know it, right? We do know it, where we come into a situation and you go, I have no idea how I know this, but I know this. I know this to be true. I know it in my knower, and so I am going to go forward in it, yeah? That's a beautiful place. And to tell you the truth, that is actually the place that the Lord wants us to live. So when the world, like, sees that, they think, they have problems. They have problems. We all got problems. And they think, Kathy McDowell rolled her eyes. We work together. So, you know, the world has problems. And the thing is, is we get to bring in the solution. That's what we get to do. So excellence is, like, something that can be a key that can go in by us living in it according to the word of God, that can actually go in and unlock something and allow the kingdom of God to just flood in and overtake what's going on in that situation. I have lived in it, and it is my intent to stand in that place and live in it the rest of my life. It's a good, good place to be. So go with me to Daniel 6, 3. Thank you, Father God. Daniel 6, 3. So, then this, Daniel distinguished himself above the governors, the satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Let me just say this, because we're going to dig into Daniel a little bit here so you can see what excellence looks like when it just unfolds and rolls out of the word of God. Daniel was promoted because of an excellent spirit. That's what was going on here. And so the Lord has given us this beautiful picture about how we can take the very things that Daniel was doing doing and we can implement them into our life and we can see ourselves move with influence because that's what we want to do. Move with promotion and not for the sake of promotion's sake to say I have arrived into success. That's not the kind of promotion I'm talking about. But I am talking about very much climbing, climbing st- stairs, climbing ladders. And it could literally look like promotions in your jobs because in those places your sphere of influence grows. Right? If you have the solutions, what does it look like in any place out in the world for all of a sudden a believer that understands the keys that they have in their possession? What does it look like when they go all the way to the top somewhere and they just start unlocking doors and unlocking doors and unlocking doors? Powerful things begin to unfold. <laughs> and this is everywhere. This is everywhere. This is youth. This is all of you guys and everything you do all day long, wherever you go. You say, where is my sphere of influence? Where do you go? There is your sphere of influence. With some of us, we've, we've identified those places that we're like, this is where the Lord is having me be. This is the place that I'm located right now. If it's a particular job or a group, or if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're there with your babies, those are, those are your places. Those are your f- sphere of influence. And for some of us, like youth ages, you're doing things like school, and you're working on hearing from the Lord. That's awesome. So that's your place. You just soak in that place right there, and the Lord does all kinds of mighty things out of it. And again, go study things about Joseph at 17 years old. 17 years old. Like, the end of the story is, like, really super powerful with him. (sighs) Yeah, it's good, but we'll stick in Daniel for a second. Um, Okay, so Daniel was distinguished here. So I I want to get into a little bit, because of his excellent spirit. So I want to get into a little bit about what, according to the word, the excellent spirit is actually looking like. So go to Daniel 1, 3 and 4. We're going to hop through scriptures quick. Which may mean less uh, flipping on my part, because I'm pretty sure Sherry's going to be a lot faster than me. So Daniel 1, 3 and 4. So the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles young men in whom there was no blemish but good looking gifted in all wisdom possessing knowledge and quick to understand who had ability to serve in the king's palace whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans so go with me keep that thought in your mind that Daniel was brought in by the king and other people with him so that they very intentionally could teach him their ways. They're like, we want the cream of the crop. We want the people that look like they've been kind of set apart out there, and we look like maybe they know something. And we think they're beautiful also. So they want to take those people and come bring them in so that they can change their identity. That's actually what the king is going for here. He says, I'm going to make you like mine. You think you got it figured out? I'll make you like mine. So go real quick over then to Daniel one seventeen. As for these four young men, so he's talking about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which were actually not their uh, Jewish names. It was Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah. And then the king changed their names to what we now know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A lot of times we refer to them that way anyway. But anyway, so okay, so go to Daniel 1.17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So let me just say, who gave him the knowledge and wisdom? He was in possession of it already. Yes, the king was looking for people that he could come and pull right in, To his court that he believed to be full of knowledge and wisdom. Now who's already before entering into captivity, because that's actually what was happening here. Who actually already implanted knowledge and wisdom into him? It was actually the Lord that already did that. So Daniel came into this place of captivity and um, he already knew who he was. He already had his identity wrapped up in the Lord. Because actually, what you can find, if you backed up a little bit there, you would see where they had come and they had said to him, um, We need you to eat like us. And Daniel said, I can't eat like you. Go ahead and do a little test, and I think we'll see at the end of these days who's feeling the fittest. And, you know, Daniel and his comrades all passed the test with flying colors they were feeling the fittest, but Daniel specifically did it it because he said, I won't defile my God, because at that point in time, and who he was as a Jew, it was part of his identity, but he knew he was a child of God, and he knew that there were things he was not going to let into his life. He could have just been killed right at that point, right? Okay, so can we kind of see where the favor of God is resting on him as he keeps replacing his identity and who he actually is? Yeah, that's good. Okay, so I want to go again to Daniel 2.19. We're going to skip forward a little bit. Nebuchadnezzar had, had, has had a dream now, okay? So in the dream, 2.19 says, Nebuchadnezzar has the dream. He's troubled by it. He wants somebody to deal with it. Daniel says, I can do it. I can do it. Then Daniel, this is in 2.19, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So let me say something. So not only did God give Daniel, which Daniel expected that that's what was going to happen, and Daniel was saving everyone because the king like had just this ability and the want to to just kill people, like, you're not doing what I want, kill you, kill you all. And so Daniel, knowing full knowledge of that, what he really knew was who he was in Christ, So he knew that he was a child of God. He knew God had the ability to tell him what the dream went. And then he says, Daniel, it was revealed to him in a night vision. You know what that says to me? And I've heard some other ministers actually um, say that they believe this too, that he slept. Would you go to sleep if you knew that somebody was about to kill you and you were trying to hear from the Lord? That is serious about his identity. I mean, I'm serious like, if we say we're really trusting the Lord in situations that look like total destruction is about to unleash on us, where is our identity really if we cannot enter a place of rest? Where is it? We should ask ourselves and look at these and go, hmm, so he we went to sleep. without thinking about dying, apparently, and the Lord reveals the dream, which is just so absolutely beautiful, and then Daniel comes and he's like, my Lord has revealed the dream. Good stuff. Then Daniel thanks God. So important, right? That is part of our identity also. That we're in this place of trusting and knowing who we are in the Lord so much that we just go, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are good. I don't know everything that's going on right now, but thank you because you're good and you're faithful. All the time. That's what it should look like for us all of the time. He's working it out stay in this place of thanksgiving and it will do you good it will do you good because he is faithful it is not based on our faithfulness guys (laughs) thank you lord he is faithful and he is so good so okay so now go to daniel 244 i mean if i could teach the whole book that'd be fun i'm not going to you guys have to go back and pick up the pieces later i want to highlight some things though And in the days of these kings, the king of God, okay, wait a minute. I know what I was going to say to you before I read that verse. Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream. And when Daniel interprets the dream, (laughs) Daniel ends up interpreting at at the end of the dream, uh, king. Just so you know, there is a king above all kings who is going to come and establish his kingdom, not established by men. And it will reign forever the end. That was the end of the dream. And what does the king do? All right. Yeah, I'm promoting you. I feel like the king really didn't understand (laughs) exactly what Daniel was saying to him because Daniel was saying there's like a kingdom and it crumbles and there's a kingdom and it crumbles and then we're going to do that a couple more times. And you keep doing what you're doing, king, but my God is going to establish his kingdom And what do we know now? He has. We know now he has. Come on, he was revealing it like years ago. And then he says to us, hey, kiddos, you got the keys. Here you go. That's awesome, right? That we get to walk in that identity and say, thank you, Lord. Jesus took it all back and I get to walk forward and unlock doors that you reveal to me by the Holy Spirit who is so powerful. So good stuff. So Daniel, so here, so here we are back then in 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all kingdoms and it shall stand forever. I love it. Like he's like telling the king, I mean, maybe the king thought that Daniel was talking about his kingdom maybe being the one standing forever, but we know the truth of what's actually happening here, and Daniel actually gives credit to the Lord. And so all of this keeps coming back to this place where the Lord is like, listen, kid, hang with me. I'm going to promote you. As I reveal these things and I show you these things, make sure you give me glory. (coughs) Yeah? So that is super important. If we're going to learn something about excellence, and about moving forward in it, as we move forward, then you had better stop. And I mean it, because he is a jealous God. He is a good and faithful and loving God, but this is our relationship with him, that we be constantly aware of who we are in him. And when he says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, not through Katie, who woke up today and said, I feel strong, I got it. That's not how he made us to be. It's not. And we should just know it. We should just know it in our knowers. Okay, so go to Daniel 2.49. Oh, I love this part. Ugh. Also, Daniel petitioned the king and set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the provinces. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> Daniel's like, I got it. I got it. So the Lord has promoted me, and I am moving up in this kingdom, and I'm going to bring my buds right here along with me. That is what excellence looks like. Excellence is not just looking at, I've arrived. Look at me. But excellence is going, I've arrived because of what the Lord has done. So come on, friend. You've arrived, and you've arrived, and you've arrived That's what excellence does according to the word of God. That's exactly what it is supposed to look like. Like, listen, like it's exactly what it is supposed to look like. Because when things get done with that excellent spirit, the Lord is like, oh, we got things we can do now. Because imagine what happens with more hands and feet. So now they're like taking over the kingdom. I mean, this is powerful. So they're getting to make decisions about how things should be ran and done. And listen to this, but Daniel sat at the gate of the king. What does a gatekeeper do? It does what? Lets it in, lets it out. Oh, my goodness. The king has decided that Daniel gets to be the gatekeeper. What does that look like for a kingdom? Here to attack my people? Gate shut just using your man here to help my people gate open <laughs> I mean but really right that is what it looks like to be a gatekeeper because the Lord can so supernaturally do things through us in all of our spheres of influence that we can walk in that place and go gatekeeper has arrived gatekeeper has arrived what are you up to in here is it the Lord's business it's in Is it your personal business? Are you attacking? You're out. (laughs) Well, I mean, the Lord wants to see everybody come into a relationship with him by, you know, you're out. You know what I mean by that? I mean, really love on people and minister to them. Don't just kick them out. But you get my point of the power of a gatekeeper, right? Who has the keys? (laughs) Come on. It's so good. (laughs) I'm like, look, at, we get to just rock right in there and be like, I'm the gatekeeper and I have the keys. So I'm going to decide how this is going to go, but all because of the Lord and who he is and his relationship with me and mine with him and all for his glory. And I will do it all in thanksgiving. Be reminded of who you are in him. You have to intentionally do that. Your identity in him and thanksgiving. So I hit a couple of those things about promotion. It promotes others. Uh, acts the same regardless of circumstance. Daniel was in captivity. I mean, most of us, in some kind of a situation, maybe like a job, we like think we can't have sphere of influence because we're so disgruntled because of what's going on, but yet like we're getting a paycheck. Come on. Daniel was in captivity. He was taken and forced to be educated, decided to do covertly do things, okay, king, my God's gonna rise in this whole thing, all while in captivity. Are you struggling real bad with something? Are you feeling like you're captive? Does it change your identity? Actually, what it does is we talked about you just saying something about being the freedom and being free out of captivity. I don't remember exactly what the words were, but I was thinking that like while we were worshiping. So your identity says that what may feel like captivity in a rough spot, I promise you, your identity of having keys to the kingdom, spend time with the Lord. He will show you how to unlock. He will, and you will move. You will move from the place you are to a place that he wants you to go very intentionally, very intentionally. Okay, let me say something about being faithful. Oh my gosh, I'm out of time. I just, I just have so much, you guys. I think I might skip faithfulness, this part. I mean, be faithful. Okay, so we're not really going to skip it. Okay, let me do, I am going to do faithfulness. Because it's, I know, look, you guys are excited. What kind of youth are these? They're like, yes, let's do faithfulness. So Matthew 25, let's go there. Matthew 25, 14. I'm really going to wrap it up. I might have to have a couple closings. That comes honest, right? (laughs) If anybody does not know, Pastor Kent is my brother. He faithfully gives us a couple closings. Okay, so Matthew twenty five fourteen, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his servants and delivered his goods to them. So you guys are kind of familiar. I just wanted to highlight the kingdom of heaven. So highlight, this is the story of the talents. Okay, so you can go back later, hang out in that place a little bit. Fast forward to verse 29. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So I'm going to tell you something with zero condemnation. Everybody say zero condemnation. condemnation. Just choose to walk in excellence and say to the Lord, what would you have me do with what you have given me? What would you have me do, Lord? What would you have me do so that I can rise for your glory and so that I can bring other people along for the ride for your glory? Let me be faithful in what you have given me. Like he's asking for that because he understands how powerful it is. So go back and spend some time there studying that. Because here we can say some things specifically about money. But in general, in the big picture, we're talking about faithfulness of what the master has came and given to us. And then what did we do with it? What did we do with it? So are we asking him for more and for a change in a situation? Did we do something with what he has already given us? Let's ask him. What does it look like if we ask him? It's good because I'm asking him. I'm asking him and he's showing me things. He's going, oh, my kid, I've wired you this way from birth. You're asking me now that let's pull it out and run. Run. I want to run through life and as I'm running I want to gather 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 people and say train and equip train and equip let's go climb let's go run up this mountain let's go overtake it let's change arts and entertainment let's change the business world let's change finance and let's change our government yes why not why not we absolutely can because we know where our identity lies we can and it's fun Mm, it's good. It's good because the more you get wrapped up in your identity and who he is and who you are in him, there is just like this glorious freedom that just unfolds. And in that place, I promise you, people start looking at at you like, you have something I need. You have something I need. What is it that you have? Let me tell you. Because you can have it too. Those are beautiful conversations to get into. Okay, I'm going to close with these couple things. Colossians three twenty-two through 24. We're going to read that real quick. If you've got to pull that, I'll just do it here. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service or as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ or Lord Christ. Yes? So what's it telling us? This is, it even says bond servants, like people in captivity, and refers to like masters, okay? So it's saying, do what you do for me. I hold your inheritance. I hold what you need. So wake up and do the job that is in front of you and do it with such excellence that it will allow me to move you kid it'll allow me to promote you because you have done it with such excellence excellence goes way deep way deep and it looks a little bit i asked the lord i said do you want me to do you want me to really get to it like show up on time for work don't clean the job you know halfway Um, you know, how I'm like treating friendships and does that look like excellence? I mean, we could really get into, right? Some really practical things. So you guys just go back with the knowledge of who you are in Christ and then say to the Lord, Father, because of Daniel's excellent spirit, he was moving in captivity and he became the gatekeeper and he took everyone else with him and it was changing everything. I want to do that. How do I do that? Show me how to do that. Because he is so faithful to teach. So I'm going to end with this. So Romans 12, 2. We'll go there really quick. You probably already know it. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to say something. This is important, okay? So when you think about walking in excellence and you go and you have this conversation with the Lord, I am not talking about behavior modification. I am not talking about just do better. Just strive to do better. I am talking about transforming your mind. Because when your mind is transformed, you do better. When your mind is transformed, it's all wrapped up in the goodness and the love of God, and he so gently takes care of the things that need to be changed in our life. When we try to modify things on our own, you know what happens? It lasts about as long as like a diet. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying the truth. This is a lot of, now people sometimes very successfully lose weight. I'd like to say that that a lot of times is a heart condition that goes on, right? Right? Where people start really saying, like, I'm really identifying with, I need this change to happen. And as believers, we can talk to the Lord about that. But what I'm talking about is I don't want you to just modify and say, that's it, tomorrow I'm going to be excellent. I want you to go to the Lord and have the conversation with him and say, Father, transform my thinking about this so that my heart beats for what your heart beats for so that I walk with excellence that gives you so much glory that people say, tell me about your God. That's what what I'm talking about. And in that place, oh, it's sweet. He does beautiful things. He does supernatural things. He does such supernatural things. Fast story, Andrew tells a story in here. He needed money, started working at a photo booth, or like a photo company, Didn't know how to do it. The man tried to teach him. He couldn't. He began to pray in the spirit and said, Father, teach me. Teach me how to do this. Prayed in the spirit, did beautiful work that the man who owned the place for 25 years didn't know how to do. Beautiful work. Andrew comes to the place of needing to move out of that and to train someone else now. He cannot train the next person how to do it. And the man says, Uh, why can't you try me? And Andrew said, "I, I don't know how because the Lord taught me how to do it. What I can do is get you filled with the Holy Ghost and he can teach you. I kid you not, so that's what he did. Come on, that's supernatural. That's supernatural. We can actually go to the Lord and say, Father, I just need this to happen. Teach me. He certainly can. He is certainly capable, and oh my gosh, when he does it, it's beautiful because he teaches in such a way that we understand. Yes? Like, we all have different places that we come from when we're trying to understand something, and the Lord does it in such a way that you're just like, oh, the light bulb is on. It's sweet. It's so so sweet. He's just so good how he deals with us. Okay, so I'm going to stop with that, and I want to pray over you guys because I could go and go and go. God, thank you that you are so good. Thankful. Thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful. <laughs> thank you, Father God, that you so lovingly move us from where we are at to where you would like us to be. Father, and that it just requires just the surrender of our lives and our hearts before you. Father, that we come to you and say, I want to live with excellence. I want to have my mind transformed. And you do it in such a beautiful way that only you know how. Thank you, Father God, that we are world changers. Thank you, Father, that we are overcomers. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that we have mighty things to do and great places to go and spheres of influence that you've called us to. And I thank you, Father, that we hear you. I thank you, Father, over our youth. Father, I thank you that they are so wrapped up and their identity of who they are in you, how to hear your voice, the nature of you. God, that they are so grounded in it that they hear you speaking about places you will have them go and people's lives that you will have them affect and the very high mountains that you will have them climb. Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociparyville.com.